Welcome to Journey to a Savvy Senior Life, and I'm your host, Lynn Fontaine. My topic this week is self-defense for seniors. But before we tackle this serious real-life topic, I feel the need to disclose that I'm basically a professional Hallmark movie binger. In fact, I've been a Hallmark Christmas movie binger since their Christmas in July promo. I make this confession to prove my intolerance of entertainment that is not guaranteed a happy ending. To further my point, I was a loyal fan of Falalala Lifetime until they switched their programming to real-life drama, like child abduction and abuse, domestic violence, crimes against women. I changed that channel, and I never went back, because this is not my idea of a good time. So when I broach the subject of self-defense, I go with apprehension. I'm apprehensive because I hate to be scared, nor is it my intention to scare anyone else. But I do want to be prepared to handle a dangerous situation. I want to know what to watch for and how I plan to react. When I took Dave Hopkins' Kung Fu classes years ago, I realized that I was in major need of this type of training. I say this because I'm your typical woman of a certain age who has never had a physical altercation of any kind. Even worse, I was pretty sure that I would be able to talk my way out of danger. Well, it turns out that many women, well, moms, believe they can control a dangerous situation by applying reason or by smoothing things over, and I say that in air quotes, Um, My sister and I call this mentality the Jesus Christ syndrome, where we believe that we can fix or diffuse most anything. But what if you can't? Then what? Um, More importantly, do you think ahead so as to avoid danger in the first place? My uncle used to always say to my aunt, think about where you're going and the route you plan to take before even starting the car. The first time I heard him say this, I thought it was a funny thing to say, until the time I loaded the kids in the car and headed off in the complete wrong direction. So taking a moment to consider my route led to the habit of taking note of where I parked the car, and it even made me more aware of my surroundings. Taking Kung Fu helped to complete the concept of what self-defense entails. It's a combination of common sense, prevention, awareness, and planning. I want to remind you that this is a real-life topic, and Dave Hopkins will speak about the mechanics of a dangerous situation in real terms. In other words, there's no sugarcoating the possible outcomes that his training helps to prevent. So please consider who is within earshot while you're listening to this podcast. So today our topic is on self-defense for seniors, and I am currently at Dave Hopkins Kung Fu Studio in Riverside. I'm interviewing Dave because he's a Kung Fu master. So what we're going to have him do is describe to us how one attains the title of Kung Fu Master, and exactly what Kung Fu is. We know it is a form of 
hand-to-hand combat. So hi, Dave. Thank Hello. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for uh, doing this podcast with me. It's 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 an honor. Um, so yeah, we there's lots of different styles of martial arts. Uh, I happen to do Kung Fu Sansu. And uh, the, the way I received my master's was just through uh, degrees of belts or, or different color belts. We start at white belt. Um, I train with Al Rubin, Master Al Rubin, and I also train with Jimmy Wu, um, who's the, the founder of our art, brought it over from China. So in, in our style, we have white belt, yellow belt, green belt, brown belt. And then you get your black belt. So that's roughly, you know, three to four years of training. And then you get your black belt. And the way Jimmy set it up was as long as you're training consistently uh, every year, um, if you're training good, you go from black belt to first degree black belt. Then the next year, second degree, third degree, fourth degree, fifth degree, sixth degree, seventh degree. And then instead of getting your eighth degree black belt, you get what is called a master. So, and then after that, you know, you could say I've been a master for X amount of years. Uh, but pretty much after you get your master, there's no more awards for you. So, in our style. So, and I received my master's in um, January of 1989. So, um, wow. so it's it's been a lot of fun. That's that's pretty impressive. So, as you know, today we're going to talk about self-defense for seniors. And self-defense is, of course, a topic for all ages. But I think we can agree that older folks may be at a disadvantage, simply because they appear more vulnerable and are seemingly easy prey. Can you talk about the common sense approach to reducing the need for physical self-defense tactics I've read a lot on this, obviously, before interviewing you, and I guess some of the key words are avoidance, awareness, and prevention. So if you could fill in the gaps on that, that that would be great. Well, all those are good words. I think the most important word of those three words you said is awareness. Whether you're a senior or a young lady, an older lady, a middle-aged lady, or, of course, a boy or a man. Awareness is everything. If you're, if you really practice awareness, and how, how do you practice awareness? Well, I'll give you a great example. So, you're at a store, you're at a, a Circle K, a 7-Eleven, what have you, and you unfortunately have a bad guy there. There's a lot of bad people. So you have the most beautiful woman, 25 year old, beautiful, gorgeous lady, and she has a short dress on and. She's just gorgeous. And then you have a 85-year-old lady with a ugly dress and walking with a cane and slowly walking in the store. Which one do you think he's going to attack? Actually, he's going to attack whichever one is not paying attention. Because oh they, they want to go with who, who's the easiest prey. Now, I'm not saying every human being, because human beings are human beings, but it's who's the most aware if you're, if you're the younger, beautiful girl and you're on your cell phone and you're looking down at all these pictures and you're just not paying attention to anything, they're just going to grab her, put her in the car and be done with it. But if you're this 85-year-old lady and you're walking with a cane and you're looking at them like, you son of a bitch, I'll hit you with this cane, <laughs> then they're probably going to move on to someone else. Because so many uh, abusers or, or bad guys, 
they're looking for who's easiest. So the, the biggest word you said, they're all correct, but awareness, awareness, awareness. You know, try to be, whether you're elderly or not, try to be with somebody else when you're going to go to the mall shopping or you're going to whatever your daily things are, they're looking for who's easy. If all of a sudden you're shopping uh, with your sister Lori or with friends or whatever, you've just gotten more powerful, you know? So when you're by yourself, you really have to be aware. You need to be looking in your neighborhood. You need to be looking around your house. Not like you're scared of life, like you love life. You want to, you know, pay attention to things that are, that just kind of look off a little bit. You know, when you're driving, we all have good peripheral vision when we're driving, we're looking who's next to us and all that fun stuff. We need to be a little bit that way in life, you know, don't have blinders on. And so when we do women's self-defense classes, it's kind of cool because we don't take like five, six-year-old girls. We take like 11 or 12 and up because we, you know, we use words and things like that. We're pretty realistic here, but we have a lot of elderly people that do these women's self-defense classes and the three words we use are awareness, that's, that's 80% plus. And then we say preparedness, that's learning a couple moves that could distract your attacker or, to be honest, hurt your attacker. You know, they're not coming to give you a hug, they're coming to hurt or kill you. So, you know, you got to, you know, put your thumb in their eye, you know, grab their crotch, kick them in the crotch, scream, yell, make noise. So we use awareness, preparedness, that's learning a couple moves. And then our third thing is willingness. Are you willing to stick your thumb in someone's eye? Are you willing to bite their nose, their ear, whatever? Are you willing? And a lot of ladies that are serious, you know, I'll say, raise your hand if you're willing to stick your thumb in someone's eye. And unless they're kind of joking, most of the ladies won't raise their hand. They're like, oh, God, that's kind of... That's kind of rough, you know? And then I'll tell them, okay, how many women here have a husband? And, you know, half of them raise their hand. I go, have a husband that loves them. <laughs> and they, they raise their hand. I always make a joke about it. And then, you know, if they don't raise their hand for that, I'll say, how many people have children? How many people have a son or a daughter or a niece or a nephew? And if no one raised their hand on that, if some don't, and then I'm like, how many people have a dog that love them at least? You know, I go, you all have somebody that loves you and wants you to make it home. If I told you, if you don't stick your thumb down his eye, this person that's going to kill you, rape you, hurt you, that's what we're assuming when they're confronting us. If you don't stick your thumb down their eye, you're never going to see that person that loves you. They just lost a mother, a wife, a sister, a bro. You know what I mean? They, they lost someone they loved. So then I say, now who would raise their you know, put their thumb in someone's eye and they're like, they all raise their hand. Of course we would. So it kind of gets the class going. So our words, which go along with yours are awareness. I would say that's 80%. If we're aware, we could avoid things before it happens. God forbid we did everything, you know, we're just caught off guard or somebody just, you know, any of us could get attacked at any time. All of a sudden someone grabs you trying to pull you in a car or whatever. We need to be prepared. And learning a couple self-defense techniques, whether you're watching it on YouTube or you know somebody, or even if you just, if you're too old or you feel you're old to where you don't want to physically do it, even if you just go to a self-defense class and watch, that will give you an idea. And like I said, the third thing is the willingness to do it. So 
we ran with those three words. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Now, you brought up a really interesting point. The, the elderly woman with the cane, right. she sees this guy looking at him, and you had her saying, you son of a bitch, who are you looking at? Right. In her mind. Right. Should she actually be aggressive verbally do you, to perhaps draw attention to the situation, or should she control her mouth? How would you approach that? Me personally, I mean, let, let's be honest, maybe some people wouldn't, they wouldn't be sure if it's a confrontation or not. So if you're, if you're just shopping in the store and, you know, you don't want to, you know, hey, leave me alone when, when it was just somebody. But if it's an obvious attempt at the back of your car, your key if, is out, you're getting yeah. ready. If it's an obvious attempt and you, you know, there's not a question, there shouldn't be a question in your mind. If you feel that, even if you were wrong, and but you feel someone's trying to attack you, or you've got to be loud, because what does everybody have nowadays? What everybody nowadays has cell phones. Even if they're not going to get involved, if if any normal man or woman saw an elderly lady being, you know, grabbed by somebody, we're all going to stop and a we're going to go over there and help. Even if uh, we were scared, it was a big guy or two scary guys, we're going to call 911. We're going to, you know, so you want to, when you're being confronted, you want to be loud and you want to draw attention. So whether, you know, you could yell back in the old days, they would say fire, 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 you know, or yell something that gets people's attention. But the biggest thing is you want to yell and keep yelling. Hey, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Back away from me. Get off me. Help, help, help. Like, you have to do that. That's your life. If you're quiet, how the heck is anybody going to even know what's going on? I mean, that's, that's what a predator wants to do. They want you to be quiet. Many people that are, are bad guys, they'll just come grab you, put their hand over your mouth, and drag you somewhere. So you want to, as much as possible, you you want to make a lot of noise and draw attention to the situation. And in that situation where someone grabs your mouth and tries to drag you away, what do you do in that? The only thing to do on that, someone's got their hand over your mouth, of course try to bite them, but sometimes they'll put it to where you can't. You have to fight. You have to sit to the ground. You know, like say someone's trying to pull you and you can tell you're going wherever, you know, they want, they want to get you from A to B and that'll bring up another good situation in a second. But you want to sit to the ground. You want to fight them. You want to grab their crotch. You want whatever you can do. And as soon as you can make noise, as soon as that hand, if their hands are over your face, they're using one hand to hold you. You know what I mean? So do whatever you can do. Sit to the ground um, if, if you have to. If you can somehow use your hands to grab his growing, stomp his feet, anything you do. What, what do you have in your hand? If you have keys in your hand, strike them. You know, those are all things that you'll see in the self-defense class. But to answer your question, fight, fight, fight. Do not go with, do not go with anybody. The, the thing that I don't want to forget as we're doing this is secondary crime scene. That is just, I mean, it is a proven fact. Fight right where you're at. I don't care if they put a gun to your head, a knife to your throat. If they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you. Usually they're trying to get you to, you know, go with them. But secondary crime scene means they're like, hey, get in the car now. I'll blow your head off. Or, hey, do this, do that. You never go with them. 
because now you have ensured that you are going to be killed. I mean, there's just not that you would stop fighting if you're in some trunk or you're locked in a closet. We never, you know, we never stop fighting or trying till till we're we're dead. But you don't want to be threatened into going somewhere because the, the, it's just a statistical fact that you're you're going to be in serious trouble. If someone you know is threatening you, just take off running, leave your car, leave your possessions, whatever. Take off if you have the opportunity because the odds of them actually you know, shooting you, shooting at you are slimmer than they are. They would not that we know nowadays is crazy, but anyway, secondary crime scenes are a no, no to do what they tell you to do. You fight. So as you know, my dad is 86 years old and he's got a degenerative bone disease. So he's, um, you know, he looks like he might be vulnerable, like he would be an easy prey. But because you're a friend of the family, you also know that he works out five times a week and has crazy upper body strength. So he does everything he can to maintain that strength because of his obvious um, vulnerability. However, the sheer element of surprise could be on his side. But most of us, in fact, probably me, would not even be able to attempt uh, to fight off an assailant. So will you talk about other means of defense that could be employed? Well, first of all, knowing your dad, most of my adult life, he, he would be fine because <laughs> he's a, a very tough, strong, strong man. But for anybody, anybody can defend themselves. Anybody. I mean, if you're in a wheelchair, you have a right to defend yourself. You you still have your arms. I mean, of course, there's uh, exceptions if someone's paralyzed from the neck down, then then of course they can't defend themselves. But uh, it, what, no matter what your age is, you know, man, woman, uh, child, but let's say for the elderly, you have to defend yourself when someone grabs you. You have to fight back. If it, You know, you have no choice. So like I said, you try to go to the... You try to use, like you said, element of surprise. Hey, leave me alone, leave me alone. And someone puts their hand on you, you know, you strike them in the throat. You put your thumb in their eye if you can. As long as they're attacking you or having you close to them, you always have places to go. The groin, the throat, slapping the ears, pulling their hair as hard as you can, then put your thumb in the eye. Like all these things are, are things that anybody can do it's a matter, are you willing to do it? But uh, I think people would be surprised what they'll do in a situation where a truly bad person grabs you. Because, you know, what normal person's going to grab an elderly person? I mean, maybe another elderly person because they're, you know, in a Alzheimer's place. Or, you know, that, those are different situations where hopefully we have staff that can take care of that. But when we're out in the public... What kind of person is going to grab someone like your father, your mother, or my father who's 85 years old? You have to fight back. There's no other choice. So anybody in any situation, whether you have uh, one leg or a cut-off arm or, or we're 85, 90 years old, we have no choice. But you know, we, we don't want to just sit there and let them... Right, even uh, if it's just drawing yeah. uh, attention to what's going on. Making lots of noises. And don't get me wrong. If someone's asking for, 
your wallet or your purse or your possessions. Give them to them. We don't care. None of that's as important as our life. So I'm not advocating to go run and fight somebody. I'm saying when someone's going to physically punch you, they're grabbing you, they're pulling you in a car, we have to fight back. We And, may, and like we talked about earlier, make a lot of noise and bring attention to the situation if you're in an area where people can, you know, hear you. So, yeah. Do you have self-defense classes for seniors? I don't. It's it's uh, it, it is probably a good idea. I'm I'm so busy with my regular classes. We teach mornings. We teach nights. We do some private lessons with elderly, which works out really good. Uh, whether it's myself or a couple of my top black belts, we do uh, more of a private situation. And of course, my women's seminars, which I usually have about four times a year. They're really well attended. Uh, It's an honor to see so many women come in here and learn some, you know, five or six basic ideas. Um, We will get elderly people in that. But as far as a special class, not yet. Um, But you never know. Maybe after this uh, cast here. That's that's right, because I I did, um, when researching self-defense for seniors, I did see a thing that was called cane foo. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, so learning how, I mean, especially if you do walk with a cane, it's kind of, you know, to have how to yeah. how to use that as a weapon. And and it is a weapon. Yeah. It's a stick, and uh, it, it, it definitely, anything you could have in your hands is a weapon. Um, a water bottle is a weapon. Your keys are a weapon. Of course, a cane is a weapon. Your purse is a weapon. Things in your purse are for sure a weapon. A can of hairspray is a weapon. You know, all kind of things. A rolled up magazine can be a, a weapon. So when you're walking, uh, not to get off the subject, but when you're walking to your car and you are by yourself, have your keys out. Have something in your hand. Your cell phone is a weapon hitting somebody, you know, in the head or whatever. Anything in your hand we want to use. Your fingernails are a weapon. Scratch them in the eyes and, you know, all that fun stuff. So always have things out when you're when you're walking uh, and and like we talked about earlier, if we have good awareness, we'll kind of hopefully see that 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 presence around us. Where wait, hey, what is that guy going over there? Maybe maybe don't go to your car if you see somebody there, and go ask the security guard or a man. Hey, could you would you mind please walking me my car? I would be honored if someone elderly asked me to walk them to their car. I'd be like, of course, I'd love to. So anyway, those are ideas. Now, my father, like I said works hard to uh, maintain his upper body strength, and that means he's punching body bags with arthritis. And I ask him every day, Dad, what are you doing to your hands? And he doesn't care. So I guess what I'm asking is, does Kung Fu lend itself well to, you know, the afflictions of the elderly? I mean... Are there certain practices that they they could do that wouldn't harm them, perhaps as much as punching a bag or? Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, like I said, if they were practicing, let's say they were doing, whether we had a class for the elderly or let's say they were doing some private lessons like with Kung Fu, we're going to use people that are going to simulate a bad situation and we're going to let them practice on us. So instead of having, uh, let's say it's a a 75, 80, 85-year-old person, 
We don't want them falling to the ground. There's no reason for them to do that. We want us to fall to the ground and then practice. So, in other words, we could, if you're doing a private lesson or whatever, you know, we could simulate, okay, someone grabs you by the shirt and they're, they're going to hit you. What are you going to do? Look, palm them in the crotch, step through them. We could simulate things to where they could uh, learn. As far as practicing how your father does on the bags, obviously we don't want people hurting their hands. But I will say this, whether you're 85 or 55, I think what your dad does is a lot healthier for him than an 85-year-old that sits on the couch and does nothing. So I'd rather have arthritis in my hands exactly. like your dad instead of, uh, you know, we know 50-year-olds that sit and do nothing. you got to keep that body moving. If you don't use it, you lose it. So I'm, I'm glad he's staying busy. Now, as we touched on earlier, the topic of self-defense for seniors could basically be everything you've been saying, which is more common sense advice for steering clear of potentially dangerous situations. Like thinking ahead, understanding your surroundings, remembering where you parked your car, um, the neighborhood, the time of day. Do you have any other thoughts to add there? Because like you said, number one is awareness. Is there anything we haven't touched on? The thing is, is we don't want to be scared of life, but I love everything you just said, especially the time of day, because, you know, there's predators and there's prey. And unfortunately, a lot of elderly, because they're um, easier prey, that's where the predators come out. And so you have to put yourself in, I think, safer situations. Like, you know, hopefully we could travel our whole lives, we could shop our whole lives, you know, hopefully God blesses us with uh, health where we can walk around or whatever, but you're always safer in the day. You, you just look at your crime. I mean, crime, when it gets dark, it's darker early now, so get your stuff done earlier. If you are going to go out at night, um, go out with some friends. Go out with your husband or go out with your girlfriends or, you know, go out with other people because we have power in numbers. So, um, you know, it's just a fact that um, I love, like I said earlier, that when you said times, it's just you're always safer in the mornings, the afternoons. And as it get, not that things can't happen, we still want to be aware. But as it gets darker, that's where more people come out because it's easier to commit crimes and bad things when there's less visibility and less people out. So um, definitely you're a lot safer in the daytime, in my opinion. And, um Well, one of the key things you just said that's just like so obvious, yet not. There are predators and then there's prey. I mean, and when, and like you said, you don't want to be afraid of life, but wow, you know, I mean, that that really does make you want to be aware. Make sure you have your keys in your hand when you're walking out the store. Make sure you stand at the door of the store saying, okay. That's where my car is. I see it. Again, all these things that seem like it would be something you do. I can't tell you how many times I walk to the total wrong side of the parking lot going, pretty sure I parked over here. And I'm not scared because it's during the day. And Right. But it could be, you know, I mean, I have done it in a, in a closed parking lot and walked for, I swear, what it felt like. 20 minutes looking for it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, all because you didn't plan ahead. And just planning ahead, being aware, really, really understanding your surroundings is, is, is key. 
Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, and we've all lost our cars in parking lots. We've all done it, you know, even younger, you know, at Disneyland or the Dodgers Stadium or Angel Stadium. But it's definitely, like you said, planning ahead, being aware. Um, and, and I think the most important thing that elderly have, I think it's harder for men, but there should be no embarrassment, a man or a woman, but women should definitely take advantage uh elderly women any woman is hey would you mind walking me to my car you know don't ask a total stranger maybe he's the bad guy right (laughs) but uh you know who's good and who's not so if you have an uncomfortable you have to act on your intuitions you know even at your house you know you hear a noise or whatever um act on that get up and look you know don't just lay there oh i hope they're not gonna get me you know you gotta you got to get up and you have to act on those things. Like we said, predator and prey. God forbid someone grabs Lynn. You have to decide, am I going to be a prey or am I going to be a predator? You know what I mean? You are not going to sit there and let someone take you without a fight. Maybe they're going to go, oh man, I grabbed the wrong lady here. Seriously, sometimes I think you just have to act crazier than the person, right? Abs- I mean, abs- if you especially, can act yeah. crazier, I mean, I, again, there's that element of surprise. Especially in the moment. And and one of the last things I want to really add is eye contact. So if we go back to the beginning of this uh, podcast, we have the beautiful 25-year-old lady. Woo! She's good looking, right? And then we have the, <laughs> the poor lady that's just not as good looking. And she's wearing the dress well, what we didn't really cover at the beginning is, like I said earlier, the, the beautiful lady is just looking down at her phone, thinking about her day, not paying attention to anything. She just walks right into trouble. Where not only is the older lady, you know, aware of her surroundings, she's also, she sees the guy that's looking. She makes eye contact. You know, she's not just, you know, thinking to herself, I'm going to hit you with the stick. She's looking at him, you know, letting him know, I see you. I see you right there. You're not getting me. I'll yell for help right now. I'll run in that store. You are not getting me. Now, the same can be said if that beautiful girl is making eye contact. Like, what are you looking at? You know, hey, I'm, I'm, I see you. I'm walking in the store. He's not going to go after this beautiful girl. Now, the older lady's not looking. She's not making eye contact head down. She's gone. She's easy prey. So we have to not only be aware, we have to make eye contact. We have to look around. We have to have common sense. When we're driving, you're a little uncomfortable. Keep your windows up at, at stoplights, stop signs. You know, when you're in a busy intersection, people will come right up, hit you right through your window, throw you out of the car and take your car or, or take your possessions. It's, it's Unfortunately, it happens. So let's do simple things like keep our windows up, our doors locked. It's not that we're scared of life. We're just have common sense and we don't want to, you know, we want to, bring our odds of being attacked way down. So those are, you know, it goes back to common sense, aware, 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 have a few ideas, which means you're prepared. And then the most important thing is willingness to do it, you know, to do it. Yes, that's that's the hardest part. That's why I always found your self-defense classes key, because that is, you, you again, it seems obvious, but, it's, but it isn't. Um, it isn't to... Someone like me who was never in a fight, thinking to myself, am I prepared? Will I do that? Well, of course you will when push push comes to, to shove. 
but it would be better to have a plan and have it well thought out and to know how to execute. Yeah. So this this is excellent. You've, you've touched on absolutely everything that, that I wanted. And if you have any closing comments or... No, I would just like to say thank you for uh, doing this with me. It's always an honor. I love your family and I love you. And, and um, you know... Although I do this for a living, it's really not a job. You know, I, I have some great fighters that were great fighters and martial artists before they came into our school. We have, you know, very good, good martial artists that, you know, came in and became really good. And then we have people that, you know, were not athletic and, and you know, just they weren't the most talented people. And I love training all three aspects, men, women, children. I love uh what our school does for children, not just the fighting aspect is, tr aspect, is try your best, try your best, try your best in everything you do. And, you know, if we're telling the kids that, then we have to live that way. And I just want to, you know, really get out there that what we're doing is, yes, self-defense, but we're also just a lot of like-minded people that want to live life great and keep getting better and better and better as we have this life and um, just make society positive. You know, we have enough negativism that we see on TV and news. There's a lot of positive stuff out there that's not being shown. And this is a great opportunity for me to show that there's, you know, what our school's doing and what so many schools are doing, self-defense schools. We're just, you know, teaching people self-defense and making people a lot more positive. So I thank you for doing this with me. It's, it's truly an honor. Thank you so much. You're welcome. If you have any questions or are interested in learning more about Dave's Kung Fu Studio in Riverside, California, please see his website, DaveHopkinsKungFu.com. That's D-A-V-E-H-O-P-K-I-N-S, KungFu.com. He's also on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you so much for joining me today, and until next time.